Well, this is in this is in connection with the fifth day of of the Hay Menachem of in Yemei Chabad in the days of Chabad. Um, you may know that uh, the Chabad Hasidim um, they originate from from Russia, of course, and uh, the seven generations of the Chabad Rebbe's. Uh, they all lived, um, you know, in in, in, that, in those areas. And the uh, the main city where they settled was the city of Lubavitch. And they settled in the city of Lubavitch. And after the war, uh, I mean, they didn't say that though. There was after a while they moved to Leningrad. The the, the, the previous rebbe they, they they changed to Rostov. They changed, you know, the previous the rebbe's they changed the, the the location there. But I'm not going into now that exact history over there. But but I want to bring out the whole Jewish world was devastated after the Holocaust and after uh, you know after Stalin. You know, this this was like the worst period for Jewish people and the mass uh, slaughterings and suffering of all Jewish people. And Judaism was almost wiped out. I mean, Jewish people were almost wiped out. Uh, so many people killed and etc. And many more left the religion. So it was. It was a really very, very dangerous time. Now, when they came out of Russia, when they came after the Holocaust, at that point, uh, the Rebbe, they established basically a center in Israel, which was the Kfar uh, Chabad, when they, uh, when they founded Israel, okay? And uh, uh, they, they, they established the first uh, Hasidic village, you know, it's called the village of Chabad. It's not too far from Tel Aviv and uh, near the uh, Ben Gurion Airport, the Lud Airport. It's near Lud in Tel Aviv, and um, you know it was very primitive in the beginning. You know everything there was just uh, people were working the land and they were uh, farmers. And uh, but slowly but surely, but things went very uh, very slowly. But of course. That became a very vibrant, you know, Jewish life and Hasidic life in in, in Israel. And at the same time, of course, in America, in Brooklyn, uh, the center was at 770 Eastern Parkway. This is where the Rebbe was. Uh, you know, if you look now, you see Israel. It's Chabad is in every corner of the world, just like every corner of the country, uh, just like Chabad is all over the United States and in every country in the world. But those were the beginnings and. Um, Unfortunately, there was uh, a terrible tragedy in the beginning. This was in 1956. Um, there were terrorists that came into Kfachabad and they killed four of the students in the special. They had a special yeshiva uh, which was meant to teach a trade. And Chabad always was uh, worried about uh, includes, including others, you know, not everybody can sit and study uh, all the time, uh, you study Talmud, etc. So Chabad provided also for many students the ability to tr- give them uh, an education so that they can learn a trade and then later on when they grow up they can have a way to sustain themselves and same time keep their Judaism and practice, you know, the the laws and still be productive citizens in the sense of making a living and so Chabad and Kfar Chabad they had what's called and they still have it today it's a very successful program it's called the Bet Sefer Limalacha that is the uh, school for a trade uh, matter of fact an uncle of mine my uh, mother's brother 
who never had any formal, you know, training uh, in this, but he was just naturally um, uh, just a, a brilliant man, and he was also very good with his hands. And uh, so he ran, you know, one of their departments over there. Without the, he used to teach, you know, in uh, machinery, different kinds. You know, he was one of the section. He headed one section for many, many years. I mean, he passed away. My my son, Shmuel Isaac. Isaac is, is, is named after after him also. Uh, so he's so he's passed away like about 14 years ago, 13 years ago he passed away. Um, but he was one of the pillars over there too. But in any event, terrorists came in and they basically shot four students plus their um, plus their teacher. Now, under uh, normal uh, occurrences, things like this happen. Everybody you know, gets scared, is petrified, you know, it was very, very scary uh, to have, you know, what they did is they basically, terrorists came in and they basically um, pulled out the plugs of, of the lights in the synagogue. They were in the middle of the services. They were actually davening Mairev at the time. So in the middle of the services, while they were davening Mairev, um, they uh, they unplugged the light and they just were shooting indiscriminately, and you know four of the students were killed. Plus, they're they're one of the uh, counselors over there also was shot, was killed. So it was five of them, and it was a very um, it was a very sad uh, you know very sad time. But people got you know afraid, they got scared. A lot of people were looking to run away, maybe from Fahabad. The kids didn't want to go back. To school, you know, it was a scary time. You know, we have it in, in, in many instances. Uh, you know, when things happen, bad things happen. The first uh, people are inclined. We're going to run away from it. You know, like we see in neighborhoods, in Jewish neighborhoods, sometimes they start something happens. Oh, we're out of here, and they all run to the suburbs. And people don't 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 stand up and and try to you know overcome and, and strengthen themselves. But the Rebbe used this opportunity actually to um, um, strengthen the uh, the people of Israel and the people of Kfar uh, Chabad. Uh, of course, the Rebbe advocated very strongly to stay and to remain and to increase and to respond. There was a lot of very powerful messages from the Rebbe at the time, and it was actually that from that tragedy sort of a whole new rebirth and a whole new rebuilding of the Chabad and the Kfar Chabad and all of Israel sort of flourished after that incident. Um, the, uh, the Rebbe also sent uh, the, uh, this took place, this is all in 1956 when this took place. So this took place, the actual uh, murder took place on the first day of Ir, Ishchidosh Ir. Uh, that's when it took place. Uh, before that, they've already suffered uh, from from the terrorists. You know, another another young man was killed by them. You know, the Jewish people suffered a lot. You know, from the hands of the of the Arabs and the terrorists. So, um, but at that time, uh, the Rebbe sent to Israel as his personal uh, shluchim agents to comfort and to strengthen the people that were left in, in, in the, the people that were in Israel. He sent 12 uh, students and um, the Rebbe says that 
we should not, at a gathering, the Rebbe said we should not uh, withdraw or we should not uh, go back uh, because of we have a test whether they're big or small. Uh, he sent them, they landed in Israel at the fifth day of Av. That's why it's connected. The fifth day of Av is when they came to uh, Eretz Yisrael, these students as the Rebbe's agent. And um, and the Rebbe also said, look, people try to explain, explain tragedies. You know, people try to explain. Uh, even sometimes people explain that uh, these must have been, uh, you know, great people. So, you know, it's like God takes those that are closest to him, uh, things like that. Even great explanations. The Rebbe says, it's not a time for explanation. What, of course, you can't question, you know, can't question God does what he does. But it's a time that you just, you know, you just accept. You can't, you know, you don't have to rationalize. You don't have to find reasons in that way. You just accept Hashem's judgment. But we got to increase and we got to redouble our efforts. The Rebbe was that very strongly. And uh, that is when the Rebbe, on the Shavuos, the Rebbe said to send these students over there. And the Rebbe gave a special uh, discourse and it was like an unbelievable, unbelievable gathering at the uh, Lod airport when the uh, Shaluchim from the Rebbe came to Israel to comfort them. And it essentially, as I said, ignited the whole new scope level of activism and uh, determination of the Chabad to uh, go even stronger, which is another demonstration in which people and the Rebbe have led to take sort of a negative occurrence in our life and just use that as a springboard to actually increase and not to uh, retract, not to go back, but rather to go forward and with much strength. I mean, this has been, you know, the job of a leader who really can go beyond the very simple level to be very strong and to lead the people and to show them how we must, you know, continue in face of sometimes real hardship and just go further. <clears throat> I, you know, experienced it in a way also. Uh, I grew up together in the Rebbe's neighborhood in Brooklyn. Now, unlike many other neighborhoods around us, you know, as soon as sometimes when the, the blacks moved in, you know, so then the Jews started to run away. And then you had, um, you know, uh, shuls turn into churches. You had people invested, you know, lots of money in their homes, in their neighborhoods, in the stores, in the upkeeps. When there was flourishing, flourishing neighborhoods. And, you know, you just see now the shul in, uh, in Randolph just turned into a church over there. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like very, very sad when you see a place where you, you know, people have spend so much energy and so much money and so much prayers and worked so hard and then you see it all just go away and just uh, people leave. And now in many neighborhoods and where I grew up, it, like a neighborhood would go like overnight. What happened is if there's one or two black people moved into the block, then the prices of the Houses started falling down. Everybody was just selling out. Everybody was trying to sell out before the other one because the price, the price would fall down even more. And, you know, they're out of there. They moved to different neighborhoods. They went to suburbia. And this is probably also a reason why so many, uh, you know, Jewish people also became uh, 
sort of separated from their usual, from their regular houses of worship and their regular uh, places of community. And then they began to assimilate because in the new areas where they lived, they didn't have, uh, you know, a kosher uh, bakery right down the street. So if there's no kosher bakery, you go to another bakery. And then, unfortunately, the, the Jewish life became sort of scattered and fragmented all over the place so that it no longer had that cohesiveness that kept people together. And you didn't have to be super religious to be there, but just being in the neighborhood, sort of, you know, Shabbos was Shabbos and, uh, you know, it was... It was sort of recognizable. It just happened because you were there, you lived there. So uh, it's very bad for neighborhoods to be dismantled like that and to, and to really uh, disappear, sort of. Those were, those were you know, places of, of worship. There were places of, 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 of memories, people getting together. And, but this is just the way it happened. People just ran, you know. That's what happened in Dorchester, Roxbury, yeah. Mattapan. Yeah. Everybody just ran. Me too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the Rebbe in, the same thing was happening in Brooklyn, in Crown Heights, where the Rebbe lived. And this, again, when we talk about the Rebbe's leadership, he says, we don't run. Now, just to prove the Rebbe's point, if you go now and try to buy a piece of real estate in Crown Heights, which is the Rebbe's neighborhood, it's probably one of the most expensive places in Brooklyn <laughs> to buy a piece of real estate over there. Because the Rebbe said, we're not moving. It was a time when women were afraid to go into their own apartments because they were followed by Schwarze, by blacks, and who would who'd mug them, who would attack them. It was, it was a very, in the neighborhood over there, again, I have nothing against blacks, but I'm saying it's, there was the reality was that there was a lot of thugs out there. And people were scared and people were running well, and it were people running but Rebbe said no we're not running but this is what it takes leadership in order to not to defy the natural inclination what you want to do you want to run you want to go to stand up and say no sometimes this tragedy like it happened in Kfar Chabad People would run and give up what they have. The Rebbe said, no, we're going to increase. Why? Questions that we don't know why. But this is what we have to do. And I think that same thing is we have to learn in our own lives to a certain extent. You know, a lot of times, you know, we come across something, you know, we, which we find it very hard. Sometimes even something devastating in our lives. Or we perceive it as devastating, you know. So the easy way is to succumb to that and say, okay, you know what, I'm no good, I'm devastated, I'm there, and that's it, forget it, I'm gone, I'm doomed, the whole day. That's, that's the easy way, and that's the wrong way, but that's, that's not the right way. What we need to do is we need to take things that are challenging to us in our lives, and we've got to actually find within ourselves, dig deeper to take that, negativity and use that as a springboard to actually jump even higher to be able to go on a higher level and to sort of uh, make that tragedy and take that negativity transform it to something positive in our lives and this is really essentially the message also the three weeks you know the nine days today is already we're in the nine days and when, this, when these students came to Israel, the fifth of Av was in the nine days, 
essentially, um, they um, they took uh, these nine days. The temple is destroyed. Of course, we feel. Of course, we mourn. Of course, we're. But what do we do with our mourning? What do we do with our uh, sadness? We don't dwell in that and let it bring us down. But rather, we try to turn things around. We try to make things happen. We try to build the base of Mikdash. We try to do positive, and we try to do good, and we try to turn things around. Your wife did that after, after, the, uh, after the Chabad uh, killings in uh, India. I remember in Mumbai. In, yeah, and she started to do the Friday night uh, dinner. Dinner, then, yeah. That's right, yeah. And I want to say this also for the yard side because this is the yard side of Moshe ben Yaakov. I say the same every time when you uh, commemorate somebody who's passed on, especially this is a year. And, you know, as time goes on, sometimes it gets easier. But whenever a loved one passes away, um, you know, the first year, the soul is still hovering and still connected more to this world. Once the year is up, it sort of goes up into a higher level. So sometimes, you know, uh, people mourn the death of somebody who they loved. And you know what? That's the end of it. They keep on mourning, and, uh, and that's what it remains. And, but I see, as Stuart has done and the other people here, they use that happening in their lives of a loved one passing on, they use that as a reason as an encouragement to connect themselves more to Yiddishkeit, to connect themselves more to the Torah, to more to our tradition, to become everybody at their own level a little bit more observant, to, to do what they can, to be more to the shul, to be more involved in Jewish life. So then you're taking something which is sad, something which is uh, your mourning, and you are actually transforming this into something very positive in your life. And hopefully, that it doesn't stop once the year is up. You don't have to say Kaddish anymore, and you know, hopefully it doesn't stop. And that's just sort of, that was the wake-up call. But then you continue to do that because there is nothing more pleasurable for the soul. There's nothing more you can do in this world to honor your parents, you know, and to remember them. We all, you know, we all would like to remember our parents and like sometimes we missed out in the uh, time in this world we sometimes are running 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 and we don't have enough uh, time we didn't pay enough attention to give honor but once they pass on it's too late uh, in the physical world but yet there is you can still honor them because when you continue to do good stuff and in their memory you uh, uh, do positive, uh, you enrich your lives, your family's life, and uh, by tying yourself to the Jewish people, by tying yourself to Hashem, by studying Torah, doing mitzvahs, davening, learning, and, you know, doing all good things, giving charity, those are ways that you actually are uh, using that uh, unfortunate situation of death that took place in the family and you're utilizing it for making your life better. So the, the soul of Moshe ben Yaakov should have an aliyah and um, to uh, look down on his
family over here and uh, they will get all the blessings for what they need, health, happiness, uh, good fortune, success, and, you know, and, you know, we can all use a little more success. As successful we are, uh, blessing for success is always, always good, and, you know, to have only goodness in our lives.